It is 19 February. It's Sunday. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is the CG Prophecy Report. No longer fit and healthy. That and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay, before we get into our first article, I'd like to reintroduce Rod and Sherry Gingrich. They've been here now many times. Okay, the first time they came in, I uh, uh, was actually I wasn't here. I was sitting in the the uh, pews waiting while Jim was opening us, and these little boys, about one, two, the five, or four of them, walked in, all of them with Charlie Garrett beards on. And Jim was so excited, he actually stopped, and he's like, his heart was about the race, and he didn't even get the COVID injection. I mean, he was just, he was, uh, so anyway, they came in, that made our day, and ever since then, they've come back several times, and it's always good to have you guys here. So they're all, they're getting a lot bigger now. They're getting a lot taller. So welcome to all of you. And then we have Steve and Julie Adams, but Steve couldn't make it. And Julie says that Steve is very, very jealous about this. But I want to welcome Julie and uh, just thank you for making the effort. And tell me, what state are you from? California. California. Okay, so uh, we feel bad for you, but... <laughs> yeah. there, there's a lot of great Christians in California. It's surprising, but there are a lot of really insane people out there. And, you know, so I, I, don't, know how you, I don't know how you do it, but my hat is off to you. All right, so here we have um, some news from Israel, from the Jewish press. Barcelona, this is about seven days ago, maybe six days ago, and uh, it's just one of those things that happens from time to time. Barcelona cuts ties with Twin City Tel Aviv over apartheid. A Twin City means like I could be Sarasota, Florida, and we want to be a Twin City with Des Moines, Iowa. And so we call each other Twin Cities, and we do all kinds of happy stuff together, right? Okay, Barcelona Mayor Ada Colau announced that she is cutting her city's tie with its former twin city, Tel Aviv, and imposing a temporary suspension of its relations with Israel because the Jewish state practices apartheid against Arabs. Mayor Kalau, she's obviously never been to Israel, and she's never seen that there is a large Arab population within the people of Israel, okay? Anyway, yeah, Muslims, there's Christian Arabs, there's all kinds of Arabs, but they are citizens of Israel. Okay, if you're not a citizen of Israel and you're throwing bombs at Israel, then obviously they have a problem with you. And there's going to be a certain amount of separation between you, but it's not apartheid by any stretch of the imagination. Mayor Kalau sent a letter to Prime Minister Netanyahu informing him of her decision and offered this public explanation. More than 100 organizations and over 4,000 citizens have demanded that we defend the human rights of Palestinians. And for this reason, as mayor, I have written to Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu to inform him that I have temporarily suspended the institutional relationship between Barcelona and Tel Aviv. It's, It's completely false what she is claiming. The mayor expects that her move will bring about peace. Yeah, just like her suspension of her city's ties with Russian twin city, St. Petersburg, is, here it is, helping to bring peace between Russia and Ukraine. So she thinks that she's got the whole world, you know, centered on Barcelona. This is not a smart person. 
Barcelona's become the first city council to suspend ties with apartheid Tel Aviv in solidarity with the Palestinian people, a move that is reminiscent of the historic and courageous city councils that pioneered cutting links with apartheid South Africa. These people that conflate what South Africa had with what Israel has are insane, okay? From Israel Hayom, Barcelona mayor accused of anti-Semitism after decision to boycott Israel. From the Aljamainer, protesting stench of anti-Semitism, Spanish capital, Madrid, draws closer to Israel after Barcelona severs ties. Good can come out of stupidity sometimes. As Jewish and pro-Israel organizations in Spain denounced the decision by the mayor of the city of Barcelona to sever ties with Israel after she cited its alleged apartheid policies, the mayor of the nation's capital, Madrid, quickly announced that he was stepping into the breach. Speaking to reporters, Madrid's mayor condemned his counterpart in Barcelona, Ada Colau. However, the decision has split the coalition of left-wing parties governing Barcelona with Laia Bonet, the leader of the Catalan Socialist Party, calling for the ties with Tel Aviv to be restored. We should reinforce, not weaken, the role of Barcelona in the world, she said, making clear that he did not share these decisions. Madrid Mayor Almeida said that the Barcelona Council's move carried the stench of anti-Semitism. We know who the right side is, Almeida said. Madrid is ready to immediately sign a partnership agreement. He added that he was immediately sending a message to Ron Huldai, the mayor of Tel Aviv, proposing the agreement. From the Times of Israel, gun permits. Why does Israel need to have a wall between them and the Palestinians? Why do they need to do what they do against the Palestinians? It's because the Palestinians are killing the Jews. Gun permits said to spike since terror attack. Ben Givers order to expedite process. The issuing of new gun permits has spiked since a devastating terror attack in Jerusalem late last month, and National Security Minister Ben Givers' subsequent order to fast-track the permit process. In the past month, around five times as many gun permits have been granted than usual. The ministry has granted up to 408 permits in a day and aims to raise the number of permits from around 2,000 per month to 10,000. The National Security Ministry's Firearms Licensing Department is working through and around 9,000 permit applications. Ben Giver has instructed the ministry to work according to emergency procedures to speed the process through May of this year, including by working longer hours and enlisting more staff. The minister also decided to nullify the requirement of interviews for security officials seeking a personal license. That would mean IDF officers, police officers, Shinbet officials, Mossad officials, prison service wardens, and firefighters would no longer need to wait for an interview to get their license. Permits are set to be issued on average about 75% faster with a wait time of around 45 days. Okay, if it was 45 days and it's 75% faster, then it was a really slow process in the past. So I'm glad to see this. From the Times of Israel, just one of those things to counter the good of Israel. Missouri Jewish leaders advocate for trans rights at state legislature. It's always going on like that. The Jewish people are so far on the left in this nation that, you know, and not all of them. I got some real good conservative Jewish friends. Don't get me wrong there. I'm just saying as a general way of life, the Jews in this nation are very liberal. 
And here they are advocating this. And you wonder why it says what it says in Ezekiel 36, 22. Okay, uh, we got some news from Christianity. But before I give you the first article, somebody sent me an email telling me that, uh, I, I'm sorry, uh, Silas, Pastor Oma Silas in Kenya has a need. And I wasn't aware of it. He usually tells me these things, but for some reason he didn't want to bother me, I guess. This is a giant need. So, if you want to help with this, and obviously you can't do the whole thing yourself unless you're a zillionaire, but they are having terrible droughts in Kenya. And he wants to ensure not only that this drought is behind them, but future droughts as well. And so he is, uh, he went out to his people, but without even telling me, and I had to email him and get this information, they want to put in a large well pump that will take care of the community, including the school they just built and all of the people there. And they want to build, actually have farmland to buy to put in, you know, corn and everything else so that they are self-sufficient and they don't have to worry about the government taking care of them should it need be. A geological survey is $900. Drilling, pumping, and caping is $23,000. Equipment and pump is $6,500. At first, he said 65000 and I was like, and immediately an email came back, and he said, I was wrong. It's 6500 I was like, whew, okay. Uh, equipment and pump, 6500 and land for farming is what they would like to buy. This would be later. I'd rather get the well in place first. If you can help with this, let me know, and I will send you the information of how you can get uh, money to him. But uh, the land for farming would be $32,600. So we're talking about almost $60,000. Uh, so it's going to be a big project, but if people can help, they will be taken care of in this area. He's a great guy. We've been helping him for years and years. Consider it, you know, next time you uh, have uh, $50,000 handy, okay? All right, from the Gateway Pundit. This is just what has been going on with the Church of England for the past couple months. I've been reading these things, and two of them came this week. Gateway Pundit, woke Church of England to consider gender-neutral God. Okay, they've already gone so far to the left that it's unbelievable. And this is really the last stage of uh, wokeness. Okay, I saw this in the congregational church up in a town I used to go to every year in Massachusetts, where all of a sudden they started introducing gender neutral God about 10 years ago or so. I mean, these people are crazy. All right. Prominent forces within the Church of England want to abandon the gospel in favor of referring to God in a gender neutral manner. Now, in what would mark a departure from centuries of tradition, bishops are to launch a project on gendered language, referencing God in church services later this year. Details of the plans emerged in a written question to the Liturgical Commission, which prepares and promotes forms of service and religious worship in the church at General Synod, the church's lawmaking body, which is sitting this week. That doesn't mean just you know, uh, okay, we're not going to refer to God in the masculine. It includes hymns. They actually take these old hymns that they sing and they rewrite them. It no longer says uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It says, you know, uh, whatever. They just make these things up. And that's what the Congregational Church had done all those years ago. An entire denomination is considering this right now, okay? And it also concerns Bible translation. The unreverend Joanna Stobert from the Diocese of Bath and Wells asked what steps were being taken to offer congregants alternatives to referring to God with male pronouns and if there was any update to develop more inclusive language in her authorized liturgy. She also asked bishops to provide more options for those who wish to use authorized liturgy. 
and speak of God in a non-gendered way, especially in authorized absolutions where many of the prayers offered for use refer to God using male pronouns. I wonder why. However, the Reverend Ian Paul, a member of the General Synod and the Archbishop's Council of the Church of England, warned against any departure from the original scriptures. He's one of these holdouts, saying, the use of male pronouns for God should not be understood as implying that God is a male. Okay, and that's true. God doesn't have parts. Okay, God is spirit. All right, but the use of the masculine in the Bible indicates that God wants to be referred to in the masculine as a male. Okay, once again, God does not have parts. God is spirit. Jesus was born and he was not born as a female. He was born as a male. Okay, there you go. So th this is what God has ordained. The Bible uses feminine imagery and metaphors of God, but primarily identifies God using masculine pronouns, names, and imagery. This is that guy that's quoting that. Male and female imagery is not interchangeable. I'm glad he's saying these things, but he's going to be outruled. The fact that God is called father can't be substituted by mother without changing the meaning nor can it be gender neutralized to parent without loss of meaning. This guy is actually thinking. He's engaging his brain. Fathers and mothers are not interchangeable, but relate to their offspring in different ways. If the liturgical commission seeks to change this, then in an important way, they will be moving the doctrine of the church away from being grounded in the scriptures. Any permanent changes or re rewriting of scriptures with gendered language would have to be agreed by a future meeting of synod. From Fox, Church of England approves prayers for God's blessing on same-sex couples. A long road. They approved it. We brought it up. They did it. The General Synod of the COE voted in favor of offering prayers for God's blessing, which is not going to happen. God is not going to bless these. Okay, on same-sex couples following two days of extensive debate. The three houses of the Synod, which serves as a sort of parliament for the UK's established church, voted overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly to support the motion, which had been introduced by Bishop of London, Sarah Mullale. Anybody seeing a common denominator there? Yeah. Sarah and what was the other one? Joanna? When you start ordaining women into the priesthood, which is contrary to the word of God, everything follows after Emotion. everything emotions and that was a woman saying this a very emotional one too by the way <laughs> the synod <laughs> the synod also voted to lament and repent for not being welcoming toward lgbtqi people lament and repent for what the bible says it has been a long road to get us to this point Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, and Archbishop of York, Stephen Control, said in a joint statement. I think that was a different type of joint statement than you might think of. I think it was one of these type of joint statements. I got to tell you, this is absolutely crazy. For the first time, the Church of England will publicly, unreservedly, and joyfully welcome same-sex couples in the church. What does it say in 1 Corinthians 5? Get them out of the congregation. Out. I'll read it to you, okay? That way you can know that I'm not just making this up. It's very short. What I would like you to do if you're watching this, this report right now is after you're done, pick up 1 Corinthians chapter 5. It'll take you one minute, maybe two minutes to read the whole chapter. I'm just going to read you uh, a couple of um, words from it. It says, um, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, this is somebody committing sexual immorality. 
when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. And then he says, um, uh, at the very bottom, he says, but those who are outside God judges, therefore, he's talking about those in the church, put away from yourselves the evil person. This person is committing iniquity. Don't embrace it. Get it out of the church. And when they turn from doing those things, welcome them back in. And until they do, do not. Okay. Gateway Pundit. FBI warns against radical traditionalist Catholic ideology in leaked memo. This is about a week and a half ago, but it's important enough where I thought I would give this to you. Listen to this and think of us meeting here right now or any other church that just wants to meet in private. This is the FBI. I don't care. I know it's Catholicism. It doesn't matter. Think of this. The FBI's Richmond Division would like to protect Virginians from the threat of white supremacy, which it believes has found a home within Catholics who prefer the Latin Mass. An Intel analyst within the Richmond field office of the FBI released in a new finished Intel product on racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists, and they've got a little acronym for it, and their interest in radical traditionalist Catholics. The document assesses with high confidence the FBI can mitigate the threat of radical traditionalist Catholics by recruiting sources within the Catholic Church. Go into the Catholic Church, recruit sources, and report on these people that are conducting a Latin Mass. The acronym, new to many in the domestic counterterrorism field, comes with a footnote by the writer explaining RTCs are typically characterized, these Roman Catholics that want the Latin Mass, typically characterized by the rejection of the Second Vatican Council. The writer makes an unsubstantiated leap that a preference for the Catholic Mass in Latin instead of the vernacular and a number of more traditional views on other world religions can amount to an adherence to anti-Semitic, anti-immigrant, anti-LGBTQ, and white supremacist ideology. Now, just imagine you sitting in this church right now listening to this report, and they would report you. Yeah, you're guilty. The writer draws the important distinction between traditional Catholics who simply prefer the traditional Latin Mass and pre-Vatican II teachings and RTCs who espouse more extremist ideological beliefs and violent rhetoric. Imagine that. They want to have their Mass in the way that they grew up with it. That's all they want. And they're being told that you're an extremist. This is the FBI of today. But listen to this. Newsmax, FBI retracts internal memo targeting traditional Catholic ideology. Oops, it got out. That's what that means. That's exactly what that means. Yeah, they're going to do it anyway. While our standard practice is to not comment on specific Intel products, somebody got a hold of it and they're embarrassed about it. This particular field office product disseminated only within the FBI that ought to scare you right there. Regarding racially or ethnically motivated violent extremism does not meet the exacting standards of the FBI, meaning they didn't keep it secret. That's all that means. FBI of the United States of America targeting you because you want to worship in a certain way. Hey, it's the KGB. That's exactly what it is. Or the Stasi. That's exactly what it is. Some news from the Mideast and Africa today from the Daily Wire. 13-year-old Palestinian allegedly shoots Jews. Reuters laments he dreamt of being a chef. 
Yeah, from the Times of Israel, policeman dies after being stabbed by Palestinian hit by friendly fire. Palestinian teen pulls knife when forces board bus at Jerusalem checkpoint to routinely question passengers. Civilian guard accidentally hits somebody else with gunfire. So this kid comes on, he wants to stab somebody, he misses and he kills somebody. But the kid should be charged with murder for causing this in the first place. Times of Israel, Palestinian teen killed in IDF raid in Northern West Bank. Muhammad al-Ayidi, 17, shot while approaching forces with an explosive in his hand. Troops come under fire near Homesh outpost. Okay, next article. Al Jamainer, Hamas calls on Palestinian miners to fight Israel aggression as teenagers mount attacks in Jerusalem. And it's Israel's fault, according to the Barcelona mayor. Hamas has urged young Palestinians to step up their fight against Israel on the day that one Israeli was killed and another injured in two separate attacks carried out by Palestinian teenagers. It's Israel's fault. They're in the way of the knife as it's coming down. Jerusalem Post. Biden announces partial waiver of sanctions on Iran. Ooh, the Biden admin notified Congress that it is waiving non-proliferation sanctions on Iran to allow Rosatom, Russia's state nuclear energy corporation, to profit without facing U.S. sanctions. The waivers roll back President Trump's sanctions on the Islamic Republic and permit Iran to cooperate with Russia at Iranian nuclear enrichment facilities. Senior congressional sources say that the Biden admin is quietly renewing the sanctions waivers amid renewed concerns about the budding Tehran-Moscow military alliance. Critics charge that the admin is allowing Iran to develop its nuclear program while enriching Russia through business with state-controlled organizations. The Biden admin is pathologically obsessed with re-entering a nuclear deal with Iran, tweeted Senator Ted Cruz. They're so obsessed, they're implementing parts of the last catastrophic deal, even without a new agreement. Cruz has been working on legislation that would anchor this particular Trump sanction in law and will be moving forward with a bill designed to force Biden to reverse his unpresidential order. Problem is that the president or the guy in the White House has to sign it. Gateway Pundit. Biden regime quietly frees one of 9-11 terrorist planners from Gitmo as the whole country watches the Chinese spy balloon. As the whole country was preoccupied with the Chinese spy balloon, a week ago, one of the 9-11 terrorist planners was released from Guantanamo Bay by the Biden regime. Majid Khan, now 42, was moved to Belize. His legal team announced. Now, he's in Belize. All he has to do is start walking north or get on one of the many caravans that are going north and just come right in. Today, more than 16 years after he was brought to Guantanamo Bay and almost a year after he completed a military commission sentence there, pursuant to a plea and cooperation agreement with U.S. authorities, Majid Khan was transferred to Belize. Khan is one of the few detainees to be relocated to the Western Hemisphere and the first to be resettled under the new Biden regime. Mail online. I just want to go home. Alabama jihadi bride stripped of her citizenship after calling for extremists to spill blood of Americans pleads to be let back into the United States. Yeah. Hoda Mutana fears ISIS will attack Camp Roj where she's detained in Syria. Last month, U.S. Supreme Court justices refused to hear her appeal to return. End of story. That's it. No America for you. Now, something interesting from Mongolia, from VFTW. The U.S. may soon have non-stop flights 
to Mongolia. That's a long flight. The state carrier has been submitting the necessary paperwork to U.S. regulators and meeting with government officials in order to get the permission. They would presumably fly nonstop from Ulaanbaatar to L.A. This is about geopolitics, not passengers. The 6,158-mile flight would be for prestige and to make Mongolia more focal to potential American tourists. More importantly, Mongolia is bordered by Russia and China. As a state-owned carrier, its interests are not strictly in earning a profit on air service. As an airline, this route seems absolutely nuts. Instead, it should be viewed largely from a geopolitical standpoint, enhancing Mongolia's relations with the U.S. by making the two countries more connected. Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times. From New Atlas, this sounds like a good idea. (laughs) Tongue-zapping spoon claimed to boost the flavor of foods. Manufactured by U.S. startup Spoontech, features a built-in battery and electronics, including one electrode on the underside of its handle and one in its bowl section. Okay, so it's got an electrode in its bowl. You put it in your mouth and you get shocked, okay? As is the case with regular spoons, the device is designed for use with relatively wet or moist foods such as soups, stews, yogurt, or ice cream. The user places one finger on the handle electrode while the food in the spoon's bowl covers the other electrode. When that person puts the spoon in his mouth, he gets electrocuted. No. He completes an electrical circuit in which a current runs from the spoon through the food and into the tongue. The result is a mild electric stimulation of the tongue's taste buds, temporarily enhancing the user's sense of taste. Prospective buyers should take note. The device is not recommended for use by people who have implanted electrical medical devices such as pacemakers or who are subject to seizures. People with lip or tongue piercings should also remove them before use. I would think that would be for losing weight. That would be good for losing weight. Absolutely. Mail online. New blood test is... 92% accurate, just a blood test, at spotting signs of prostate cancer and could save thousands of men from painful biopsies or MRI scans, the study says. When the same men were given a PSA test, the regular test we all have to go through, positive results were only 14% accurate. This blood test is 92% accurate. That is great news. It's a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues the book of Revelation prophesies of. From the Gateway Pundit, 31-year-old former college tennis star dies suddenly. Her sister, Samantha Giles, revealed via Facebook that Kimball suffered a massive heart attack. Here it is, emanating from a kidney issue. Have you ever heard of anybody dying of a heart attack because of a kidney issue? Neither have I. (laughs) Gateway Pundit. 25-year-old goalkeeper dies suddenly right after stopping a penalty kick. Arne Espiel died on the spot after stopping a penalty kick in the second half of the match. Gateway Pundit, GOP Representative Nancy Mace rips into fired Twitter officials over COVID censorship, admits she, a representative, has devastating side effects from COVID vaccine. It wasn't the first shot, but it was the second 
I have now developed asthma that has never gone away since I had the second shot. I have tremors in my left hand, and I have the occasional heart pains that no doctor can explain. She's in bad shape because of, from Zero Hedge, Maryland considering bill that would allow the vaccination of children without their parents' consent. From the Hill, CDC adds COVID vaccine to routine immunization schedule for kids and adults. CDC overlooking all of what's been going on for the past two years and what just came out. I'll read it to you next week. I didn't publish it today because it came out last night. I, I printed it off. It'll be a next week's update. The report from the Florida Surgeon General. You can go right to the Florida Health website and read what doctors and nurses are now required to tell their patients. Military. Military. The magazine. Military. Military pilots reported 1,700% more medical incidents during the pandemic. Last month, an Army flight surgeon and prominent opponent of the U.S. military's now-defunct COVID-19 vaccine mandate posted data on Twitter showing that the number of reportable medical events among military aviators rose from an average of 226 a year between 2016 and 2019 to 4,059 in 2022. 17 thousand percent gateway pundit and that is exactly in line with the florida article which i will read you gateway pundit fit and healthy people are dropping down with heart issues popular australian television presenter brave enough to stand up and say something and journalist for the nine network has shocked his viewers after he publicly criticized the last recommendations for a fifth booster shot of the COVID vaccine on live TV. Five shots. As you know, I'm not a glowing ambassador for more than two shots. I've just decided that I've had COVID a couple of times and I'm done with vaccines on live TV. This guy, Carl, was part of an advertisement for Australia's vaccination campaign. He was behind it totally behind it the thing i'm concerned about is that if i have another dose that i may get complications well he's already had five i'm surprised he's not embalmed himself i've seen all this and these reports on the internet about fit and healthy people just dropping down with heart issues and it's still not obviously established yet whether or not the vaccine caused some of the heart issues but that's a worry for me so that getting covid doesn't matter as much Zero. And why would you get COVID if you had five vaccines in a year and a half? Right. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Zero hedge. World's first unvaccinated dating service launches in Hawaii. Wow. Wow. Morality is declining. Mail online. Students stage mass walkout after New Hampshire High School bans urinals and shared locker rooms amid row over separating bathrooms based on sex, not gender identity. Okay, they need to resolve the gender identity issue in their, their dealings with the public, okay? But cutting off urinals so that every boy has to stand in line is insane. That is, that is child abuse. That's actually torture if you grew up in a school like I did. They had two urinals and 400 kids coming off the playground. Okay, that is actually child abuse. These people don't care about children. They care about an agenda. Yes. From the Washington Journal, NBA player punished by league for declaring he's not homosexual during live TV interview. Now, what he said was, well, I'm not a homo, but that's all he said. I'm going to tell you what, 
if that stands, they need to ban Seinfeld. Every issue, every episode of Seinfeld, you know, nothing, there's nothing wrong with that, you know. I mean, this is insane. He just says, I'm not a homo or anything, and they fine him. Crazy. Fox, Washington School District considers closures as student enrollment plummets. Seattle schools lost thousands of students during the pandemic, and they are not coming back. Parents wisened up. NBC, Mississippi hit 900% increase in newborns treated with syphilis. Gateway Pundit, California might bar schools from suspending disruptive students because it's discriminatory. Now, what does that tell you? It tells you that they are the racists. Saying something like that makes it obvious who's doing it. And so we're just going to take away any suspending of disruptive behavior. Crazy. Okay, some other news from around the world. From Just the News, FBI whistleblower raises fresh concerns about bank record mining. Undercover agents in J6 probe. Okay, this is an important thing here that they were doing. We already know that some banks gave their information to the FBI, but these people were actually out there mining it. A recently retired FBI supervisory intel analyst told Congress in a whistleblower disclosure that agents in Boston were improperly pressured by Washington to open criminal cases on 140 people who had simply taken a bus ride to the January 6th rally. All they did was get on a bus. The agents refused because there was no evidence the attendees engaged in any criminality. Boston said, we are not doing that. And that's the most liberal city on the planet. Washington is the problem here. George Hill's testimony to the House Judiciary Committee also raised new civil liberty concerns about the FBI's January 6th probe, including whether the Bureau mined Americans' bank records without court authority and whether the agency possesses video footage it is refusing to release because it identifies undercover agents and human sources who were at the U.S. Capitol that fateful day. Hill, a military veteran and longtime analyst for the NSA and FBI, told Just the News that he disclosed concerns earlier this week to the House Judiciary Committee during a transcribed deposition, including that the Bureau analyzed banking data without evidence of a crime simply to find Americans who traveled to Washington around the time of January 6th or who owned a gun. That is our second amendment. That is a constitutional right. And they're mining people's bank records because they own a gun or they were on a bus. Hill said supervisors in the Washington field office pressured open cases first on seven individuals who came up in a sweep of bank records provided by the Bank of America, and then on the larger group of 140 Americans who paid to take bus rides to Trump's rally on January 6. There's no evidence of a crime being committed here. We cannot open up a preliminary investigation on someone for using a financial instrument in the district. You go in, you use your credit card at an ATM, and they're targeting you. That's what he's trying to tell you there. And so they pushed back. And Boston did not take any action on those names. Hill also said the Washington field office, which led the January 6th probe, they also led the January 6th insurrection. I'll tell you that right now. They did not react well to the refusal, escalating up the chain of command. But at each step of the process, the Boston office held its ground. 
Getting on a bus and participating in a political rally is not predication for a crime or a preliminary investigation explaining why Boston resisted. Unbelievable. This is the America that we're living in right now, where you as a citizen can't get on a bus without being targeted by the FBI. New American. Denver is now America's crime capital. Crime statistics for Denver are astounding. They now put the Mile High City at the very bottom of the safest cities, ranking at Neighborhood Scout. Crime in Denver is now worse than that in New York City or Chicago. Some statistics from the Denver Police Department. Aggravated assaults, robberies, and homicides through mid-December 2022 numbered 6,810. Three years ago, that number was 4,924. Property crimes in 2019 were 26,133. In 2022 through mid-December, 42,100. The murder and assault rates are twice the national rates and three times the national rate for rapes and robberies. Statewide, the crime rate in 2022 was up more than 20% since 2008. The year conservative Republican state representative Rob Whitwer announced he would not seek re-election. He saw what was coming. The gang of four, four far-left millionaires, had completed their takeover of the state government. In 2004, Republicans held the governor's office and control of both houses of the legislature. By 2007, Democrats held all three positions of power and have never looked back. Zero Hedge. Seattle joins long list of Democrat-controlled cities with exploding crime rates. Seattle, Washington, once known as a relatively quiet port town that became a haven for progressives seeking to avoid more dangerous metro areas like L.A. or San Francisco, is joining the long and unfortunate list of Democrat-controlled cities suffering from exploding crime statistics. Much like Portland, which has spiraled into severe decline in the past five years with a record high homicide rate and expanding homelessness, Seattle is witnessing an aggressive increase in drug-related problems as well as violent crime and property theft. In 2022, the city was host to 49,557 instances of violent crime and property-related crime, setting a 15-year high. Homicides also increased by 24%. In one year, Seattle Police Chief Adrian Diaz admits the crime has grown out of control, but he remains optimistic. Mail Online, Zombie Zone, billionaire Sequoia Capital partner launches blistering attack on San Francisco's drug and homeless crisis and reveals how city bans plastic straws but permits plastic needles. Zero Hedge, Canadian theater sparks backlash after announcing performances for black identifying audiences. Well, that's okay. I've got a brother that claims he's a black female, so he can go anytime he wants. From Zero Hedge, education crisis, 23 Baltimore cities, 23 Baltimore city schools have no students, not one proficient in math. Not one. 23 schools, not one child proficient in math. Mail online. Now woke biologists claim systemic racism is driving animals out of deprived areas as they're ditching poor ethnic neighborhoods in favor of wealthier white districts. Animals are racist. 
Data sees a clear link between diversity of wildlife and the racial composition of neighborhoods with higher number of species in many white areas. Yeah, they've got dogs and they've got cats and they've got cheetahs and they've got whatever. Oh my. <laughs> Zero hedge. Texas drops city from huge muni transaction over gun policy. Good. Texas punted Citigroup from the syndicate that set to manage the Lone Star State's largest ever municipal bond offering, saying the bank's policies for gun retailers discriminate against the firearms industry. From Newsmax, AT&T stock loses $10 billion in value after Newsmax drop. Since DirecTV dropped Newsmax on January 24th, what's that? Three weeks ago now. January 24th, AT&T stock has fallen by almost 7% wiping nearly $10 billion from its market value. AT&T's, uh, the 70% owner of DirecTV, has come under fierce criticism after deplatforming Newsmax from its satellite TV systems. The second conservative channel it has removed in the past year, with OAN going in last April. Okay, now here's why they lost all that. Days after the Newsmax drop, President Trump called on Americans to cancel not only DirecTV, but all AT&T services, including cellular and wireless services. He still holds a voice in this nation, and he's doing it from the beaches of Florida. Fox, did you, did you hear that he is going up to the train wreck because nobody from the government would? And within a couple hours of him doing that, FEMA suddenly declared it an emergency. After Trump says, I'm going up there, they now declare it an emergency. That man is a great, great person. I don't care about all of his idiosyncrasies. I just couldn't care. That guy has the right intent for the people of the United States of America. Fox, border patrol apprehensions of Chinese nationals at the southern border. These are Chinese. Are up 800%. Mail online. Lawyer dies three weeks after MRI machine's magnetic field triggers his hidden gun to go off while taking his mother for a routine medical visit at a Brazilian lab. Memo to self, don't carry your gun into an MRI room, okay? <laughs> Who said it? The country is controlled by laws. Laws are controlled by politicians. Politicians are controlled by voters. Voters are controlled by public opinion. Public opinion is controlled by media and education. So, whoever controls media and public opinion controls the country. No. Edward L. Bernays, in his 1947 book, The Engineering of Consent. Okay, got a lesser cure for you. There is a startup that thinks you will swoon once you've gotten hold of their spoon. It will improve the taste of what goes to your waist and you'll pop like a Chinese balloon. Okay, got a little irony here for you, but before I do, I would like to tell you that we uh, have a new Sergio and Rhoda video come out. Came out the first one in months. He's been sick. He's had uh, visitors. He's been traveling. He's been. He's just had the the most difficult four months probably of his life. And yet he has spent hundreds of hours to put this video together. Literally hundreds. It is a masterpiece. Okay. It's about Abraham's well. Please go to Sergio and Rhoda in Israel and check out that video. Okay. And 
So uh, other than that, I'd just like you all to have a good week, not to dwell on the nonsense you've heard here, but be aware of it. Know what's going on in this nation and then put your hope in Jesus. Way better stuff, okay? From the Gateway Pundit, Mail Online, rapper Young Thug is accused of doing a drug deal in court as he faces 20 years in prison on for being part of a street gang. Go for it. In court. That is not a smart human being, okay? Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG Prophecy Report for the week.